Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled, The Days Are at Hand and the Effect of Every Vision. It shall be focused on a study of Ezekiel chapter 12. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we see the people back in the day, similar like today, seeing, Father, how you're not in a rush to fulfill your word, even though you fulfill every bit of it, and now they think that judgment is sustained. But Father, we recognize that it's just your long suffering and you not willing that any flesh should perish. But Father, we recognize that even now the, the taking effect of the vision is at hand. As judgment is fixing to strike the West Coast and it's fixing to strike the rest of the world, Father, help us to hide under the safety of the blood of Jesus Christ. For you've taught us that the name of the Lord is a mighty tower and the righteous run into it and are safe. So we thank thee, Father, for the safety and the, that, and the righteousness that comes through the name of your Son. Help us, Father, for any that have not given their lives to you today or known you in the power of your resurrection. May you persuade them to better things. For we know the token, the blood speaks of better things. Speak to them today in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Ezekiel chapter 12. Ezekiel 12. The word of the Lord also came unto me, saying, Son of man, thou dwellest in the midst of a rebellious house, which have eyes to see and see not. They have ears to hear and hear not. But they are a rebellious house. Therefore, thou son of man, prepare thee stuff for removing, and remove by day in their sight, and thou shalt remove from thy place to another place in their sight. It may be they will consider, though they be a rebellious house. Then shalt thou bring forth thy stuff by day in their sight, as stuff for removing, and thou shalt go forth at even in their sight, as they that go forth into captivity. Dig thou through the wall in their sight, and carry out thereby. In their sight shalt thou bear it upon thy shoulders, and carry it forth in the twilight. Thou shalt cover thy face, that thou see not the ground. For I have set thee for a sign unto the house of Israel. And I did so as I was commanded. I brought forth my stuff by day, as stuff for captivity. And in the even I digged through the wall with mine hand. I brought it forth in the twilight and I bear it upon my shoulder in their sight. And in the morning came the word of the Lord unto me, saying, Son of man, hath not the house of Israel, the rebellious house, said unto thee, What doest thou? Say thou unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, This burden concerneth the prince in Jerusalem and all the house of Israel that are among them. Say, I am your sign. Like as I have done, so shall it be done unto them. They shall remove and go into captivity. And the prince that is among them shall bear upon his shoulder in the twilight and shall go forth. They shall dig through the wall to carry out thereby. He shall cover his face that he see not the ground with his eyes. My net also will I spread upon him, and he shall be taken in my snare. And I will bring him to Babylon to the land of the Chaldeans. Yet shall he not see it, though he shall die there. And I will scatter toward every wind all that are about him to help him. 
and all his bands, and I will draw out the sword after them. And they shall know that I am the Lord, when I shall scatter them among the nations and disperse them in the countries. But I will leave a few men of them from the sword, from the famine, and from the pestilence, that they may declare all their abominations among the heathen whither they come, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, eat thy bread with quaking, and drink thy water with trembling and with carefulness, and say unto the people of the land, Thus saith the Lord God of the inhabitants of Jerusalem and of the land of Israel. They shall eat their bread with carefulness, and drink their water with astonishment, that her land may be desolate from all that is therein, because of the violence of all them that dwell therein. And the cities that are inhabited shall be laid waste, and the land shall be desolate. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, what is that proverb that ye have in the land of Israel, saying, The days are prolonged, and every vision faileth? Tell them, therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I will make this proverb to cease, and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say unto them, The days are at hand, and the effect of every vision. But there shall be no more any vain vision nor flattering divination within the house of Israel. For I am the Lord, I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. It shall be no more prolonged, for in your days, O rebellious house, will I say the word, and will perform it, saith the Lord God. Again the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say, The vision that he seeth is for many days to come, and he prophesieth of the times that are far off. Therefore say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, There shall none of my words be prolonged any more, but the word which I have spoken shall be done, saith the Lord God. This evening's episode is titled, Leadership. This was preached in 1965 on December the 7th. We'll begin at paragraph 163 up to paragraph 242. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Look here. You are an outside person. You have five senses that contacts that outside body. God gave you five senses, not to contact Him, your earthly home. See, taste, feel, smell in here. Then you have a spirit on the inside of that. And it has five outlets, conscience and love and so forth. Five outlets that you contact the spirit world with that. But with your spirit, your physical contacts the physical. Your spiritual contacts the spiritual. But inside of that, you've got a soul. That soul is that gene that come from God. And like a baby formed in its mother's womb. When the baby comes into the, uh, to the mother's womb by the little germ, it crawls into the egg. It doesn't form one cell a human, the next a dog, the next a cat, the next a horse. It's all human cells because it's building off of an original human cell. And when a man has been born again by the word of God, predestinated to eternal life called the elected. It'll be word of God on top of word, word on word. Not a denomination, a creed, and then a word, and a creed. It won't work. You can't have that living in it. Only one eternal life. Jesus Christ, the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Friends, you feed my children. 
You send me across the mission fields to the world to bring the message. I got to be sincere with you. What I'm looking at, maybe you don't see. That's what I'm here to try to tell you. It's not because I don't love people. It's because I do love people. Corrective. When I see the slipping of the church, going off and say, well, we did this and we did that. And look around over the church and see that it just won't work. Then look here in the Bible and see it's got to be that way at the end. That lukewarm lady of sin church age. Putting Jesus out the word. He never called. He ain't going to call no church. He said, as many as I love, I rebuke. I chasten them. Taking the word and pounding on and telling you're wrong in it. That's the reason I love you. If you'll open the door and let me in, I'll come in and sup with you. Not a church she's done put out of that. She's headed for the ecumenical council. That's where she's gone. Right back into the room where she come from. And that's exactly I've got that wrote on paper from 25 years ago, 33 years ago. And there it is, not only that's wrote in the Bible. From a vision, she's gone back. There's no way of saving it. It's gone. It's going to be that way. God's calling individuals. I stand at the door and knock. If any man, any person, one individual out of a thousand, it might be one out of a million. As I said a few nights ago, when Israel come up out of Egypt, there were just two million people come and just two, million, just two people went in. One out of a million. Did you know that? Caleb and Joshua. And Jesus, when he was on earth, they said, Our fathers eat men of the wilderness. We're keeping the traditions and we're doing this. We know where we're standing. He said, I know your fathers eat men of the wilderness. And they're every one eternally separated. They're dead. When the sperm comes from the male or female, there's a million eggs comes, there's a million germs come. And out of all them little germs of the kind, if it's, a, if it's from the male cow or the man or whatever it is, there's just millions of germs, a million germs working. In there, there's only one of those germs that's ordained to life. For there's one egg over there fertile to meet it. That's right. Only one egg it'll meet. Just like this body here sitting here. And the germ comes from God. And watch that little germ come up among all these other germs and wiggle around them right on past them. Go over here and find that fertile egg and, and crawl right into it. And the rest of them dies. What if it was that way with the church today? One out of a million. See where it would be? Straight is the gate, narrow is the way, and few there will be that will find it. Most broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there will be a going there at. Is that truth, Brother Bram? I don't know. But I'm misquoting Scripture. See? Now, you're ordained to life. You see it if you're ordained to sit. If you're not ordained to sit, you won't sit. So they have eyes, but they can't see, ears, and can't hear. How thankful you should be, church. How you should straighten yourself up from these things. How you should be on fire for God. That your eyes beholds what you see. Your ears hears the things you see. Leadership. Why did you come here tonight? To hear a message like this, branded across the world by the churches as a fanatic. Why did you come? The Holy Spirit led you here. To listen. Circumcise. Cut away the things of the world. Accept the leadership of Jesus Christ or you'll perish as sure as the world. You have a choice of conduct. How you conduct yourself, that's up to you. You have a choice of wife. You go out and take your wife. You want to take a wife, you want to take one. It's complementary to, your, to what, you, what you plan your future home to be. 
Could you imagine a man, a Christian man, going out and taking one of these modern rickettas for a wife? Could you imagine? What's the man thinking about? What kind of a home does he go to have? He takes a strip tease, a burlesque off of the street out here, a street prostitute. Boy, say, now, wait a minute. How does she dress herself? Wear shorts and they say street prostitute. Oh, you say, now, brother, all them little tight skirts look like you're poured into? Street prostitute. Jesus said, whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her in his heart. Then he's got to answer for that. And what she do? She present herself. Who's guilty? Think of it. You say they don't make any other clothes. They got goods and sewing machines. No excuse. Exactly. God ought to hurt you. And this is not a joke. This is thus saith the Lord from the Scriptures. That's exactly true, friend. I'm an old man. I haven't got much longer to stay. But I've got to tell you the truth. If this is my last message, it's the truth. See? Don't, sister. Don't, brother. And you fellows that's hanging on to a creed and knowing the Word of God being vindicated right before you, the baptism of the Holy Ghost and His realities that we have today, and then because of your creed, turn away from it? How can you be a son of God and deny the Word of God that's predicted for this last days that we're living in? How can you do it? How can the Bible call this? As I said last night about a, a king one time uh, down in the south when they had the color down there was sold for slaves. Well, there's no more than just a, a used car market. You get a bill of sales on them. I was alarmed at a little uh, place I read one day where a, a broker come along to buy some. And he said, well, now... Uh, uh, I'd like, uh, they're sad. You'd have to whip them, make them work because it's away from home. They're sold slaves and they in a foreign country they know nothing about and they never be back home again. And they were sad. You had to whip them, make them work. But this broker come by a certain plantation. One young fellow there with his chest out, his chin up. He didn't have to whip him. He was right up. He kept the morals of the rest of them up. The broker said, I'll buy him. He said, he's not for sale. You ain't going to buy him because he's not for sale. He said, well, what makes him so much different? He said, is he the boss or the rest of them? He said, no. He said, do you feed him different? He said, no. He's a slave. He eats out there in the galley with the rest of them. He said, what makes him so much different? He said, I wondered myself to have found out over in Africa where they come from, where the Boers bought them and brought them over here and sold them for slaves. Over there, his father is a tr- king of the tribe. And yet an alien away from home, he knows he's a son of a king, so he conducts himself that way. What a rebuke to Christianity. We're supposed to represent God in eternal life. There's only one form of eternal life, and that's God. He alone has eternal life. And we are products of His because we're Janes of His Spirit. Then we should conduct ourselves, women and men, like the Bible said for us to do. Not Jezebels of the street and Ricky's of the organization, but Christian gentlemen, sons and daughters of God, born to the Spirit of God, manifesting the light in our days and scattering it. Exactly right. How far we've drifted from it. Why? The same thing this boy did here. He rejected, he refused eternal life because it would cost him his social standing. It cost him his, li- his, his uh, 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 luxury of money. It cost him his fellowship in the church. It cost him a lot of things. He knew what it was going to cost him. He was a sensible boy. And he felt that he couldn't pay the price. Yet he thought, I'll just trust my religion and go on. But down in his heart, he knew there was something about Jesus Christ was different from them priests of that day. 
And any message that's come in, a genuine born message of God is different from the old trend. When a divine healing went forth not long ago, do you notice how the impersonators followed it? And every one of them right in them organizations stand there. Did anyone know that there had to be a message follow that? Well, God don't entertain us. He attracts our attention by something. And when he attracts our attention, then he's got his message. Look, when he first, first come on the earth and started his ministry. Oh, young rabbi, we want you over here in our church. We can bring, come on down here. The young prophet. Oh, we want you over here. Come here. But one day he stood up and said, I and my father are one. Oh, my. He makes himself God. Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He's a vampire. We have nothing to do with that. Them apostles sat right there. Thousands left him. But those apostles were ordained to life. He said so. They couldn't explain it. They believed it. They stayed right with it because he said no man could do these works. Even the priests know that. Nicodemus said, we know, the Sanhedrin council, that no man could do these works except it be from God. See? Peter on the day of Pentecost said, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you. God was with him. Look at the scriptures, what the scriptures said would do. Jesus said, search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life. They are what testifies of me. If you would have known Moses, you'd know me. For Moses wrote that I would come. In the form that I would come in. He come as the Son of Man. He comes in three names. It's God three, like Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Same God. It's three attributes. Now, also... Uh, justification, sanctification, Luther, Martin, and, and, the, and the Pentecostal, same thing. Three attributes, three stations, three church ages. Same thing. Water, blood, and spirit. All this is go along. The three elements, it takes you back into the body. Like it brings you from your natural birth, types your spiritual birth. The baby's born, the first thing's water, next blood, then life. That's where you come into the kingdom of God the same way. See? That's where the church comes in the same way. Same thing. Now notice, on these three things, God has formed His, forming His body. Now we find that in here, that you have a right in your choice. You choose the girl you want to marry. If she accepts you, all right. Then another thing, you have a choice of whether you want to live or whether you don't want to live. You choose now between life and death. You can live. That boy had that choice. He had success and everything else. A religious man, but he knowed that when he spoke it of himself, I've observed all these commandments since I was a youth. But he knowed he didn't have eternal life. See? And he had a choice to accept it or to refuse it, and he turned it down. That was the most fatal mistake he could ever make. The rest of it wouldn't amount. It doesn't amount unless you take that choice. Now let us follow him, his choosing, and see where it led him to. I see where he shows. Now, look, he was a, he's a rich man. He's a businessman. He was a ruler. And he was a religious man. All that. Today we'd say, boy, he's a genuine Methodist or Baptist or a Pentecostal. He's, he's a real fellow. Real nice boy. Fine. Nothing to say about him. Friendly, nice, sociable and everything. No immorals about him. He didn't probably smoke, drink or run around to shows and dances and whatever we'd call it today. Is we'd class a Christian. But that ain't eternal life. Yet. That ain't what we're talking about. He might have been loyal to his church, if what you probably was. But you see, and what did it lead him to? Great popularity. Let's say if he was a preacher, he could have been got a better church. He could have been a state presbyter, a bishop. 
Christianity, it leads you to popularity. And it led him to riches and to fame. It might do the same thing today. You have a great talent to sing. I thought of that young man a while ago sang that song here. I give that to the devil and now I get back. How different between him and Elvis Presley and some of these, uh, Pat Boone and a group like that. Ernie Ford. Them guys, great singers. And take their talents, that God-given talents, and use it to inspire the, the works of the devil. That's right. Some great singers selling their God-given talents for fame in this world. To become somebody. How could you become any more of a body than you could to be a somebody than to be a son of God? I don't care if you own the whole city, the whole world. And you haven't accepted the leadership of eternal life by the Holy Spirit. Christ, how are you going to... Who are you anyhow? You're a dead mortal, dead as sin and trespass. Religious as you want to be. As faithful as you want to be to the church. Preacher if you want to be in a pulpit. But to turn down, you die. He was a great success. He was a great success here in his life. Certainly, we find him where we know. Uh, then we find this fellow that he went. We follow him a little bit. We see he got a great successful. And we follow him through the Bible. We notice that he... Uh, he we find him a rich man. He's got such great big places. He's entertaining the judge and the mayor of the city or what more. He's up on top of his roof and he has great banquets and plenty of waitresses and women, girls and everything else around him. And there's a beggar laying at the gate named Lazarus. He sweeps the crumbs off to him. We know the story. The next thing, he goes on successful. Just like the churches today are getting. A businessman sitting here telling me right here in California that the church has to tell the labor union what to do. It's coming church and state. Again. It's right on you see, you're right in there and you take the mark of the beast not knowing it. If you ever bought one of my tapes, get this one I get when I get home, the trail of a serpent. And you'll see where it's at. See where this ends up at. Going home now to speak it to Lord willing. It's about four hours, so I couldn't keep it in one of the meeting like this. I have to go up there where the church suffers with me so long patiently. Notice. But now you can listen to the tape sometime in your home. Notice this. Now we find out that he was a great success. Then we find him later until he was a greater success until he said, I have got so much. Boy, he'd have made a real genuine guy this day, wouldn't he? Even my barns have swelled out. They're bursting. And I've got so much that I said, oh, soul, take the rest. But what he done at the beginning, he rejected the leadership of Jesus Christ. His church, his intelligence, his education, and all had led him to a success. All the Jews loved him. He gave to them. He helped them. He might have done this, that, or the other. But you see, he rejected the, the, the leadership of Jesus Christ, the eternal life. And that, the Bible said, he said, Thou fool, tonight your soul is required. Thou, we find him, the next place in hell lifting up his eyes and seeing that beggar that he turned down the street in the bosoms of Abraham. What a fatal mistake. How that the churches had, 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 had been all right in the way that they went, but they still hadn't had eternal life. It reminds me of a sermon I preached here not long ago, a thinking man's filter. You might have had it. I was going walking through the woods, a squirrel hunting this fall, and I looked down and of course, I can't call the cigarette company. You know it. And there laid a, a cigarette pack laying there. And I just passed by it looking for, uh, in the woods. And I seen that 
package laying there. I looked back again and said, a thinking man's filter, a smoking man's taste. Just start walking on through woods and Holy Spirit said, turn and pick that up. I reached down and picked it up. A thinking man's filter, a smoking man's taste. I thought, a uh, American firm here selling death under disguisement to their own American citizens. A thinking man's filter you and a smoking man's taste. I was at the World Fair with Ewell Bryan and Britter and them up there when he's giving all that test and how they put one cigarette and draw the across the marble and took the uh, wiped up the nicotine and put it on a rat's back, a white rat, and in seven days he's so full of cancer he couldn't walk. And they said, you know, they say a filter. Said it's a gimmick. Sells more cigarettes. It takes so much nicotine to satisfy that devil. That's right. And when you take a filter cigarette, it takes about four cigarettes to take the place of one. It's a gimmick to sell you more cigarettes. You cannot have smoke unless you got tar, and tar, you got cancer. See how it is? And the blind Americans looking for a rabbit to come out of a hat somewhere, they fall for it. You can't have it. It's death. I don't care which way you go. It's death any way you go. A thinking man's filter. A thinking man wouldn't smoke at all. That's right. He's got any thoughts at all. Well, I thought that just can apply to the churches. I think, has God got a filter? Yes. And every church has got a filter. That's right. They filter the ones that comes in. And they let a lot of death in, too. How could you ever draw a denomination through God's filter? How could you do it? How could you draw a bob-haired woman through that filter? Tell me. How could you ever draw a woman that wears slacks through there? When it's an abomination for her to put on a garment pertains to a man. See, God's filter would catch her out there. It wouldn't let her come in. But the church has got their own filters. So I say that there is a thinking man's filter that's God's word. And it suits a holy man's taste. That's right, a holy man. Not a church man, but a holy man's taste. Because it's pure holiness of adulterated word of God. There is a thinking man's filter. And church member, I advise you to use that one. Because it brings in the world and one lump of it is death. One lump leavens or one little leaven leavens the whole lump. Whosoever shall take one word out of this or add one word to it, his part will be taken from the book of life. At the Garden of Eden, what caused death and all this sorrow ever, heartache ever, little dying baby ever, rattle in the throat ever, ambulance screaming ever, hospital ever, graveyard was because Eve doubted one word. Not all of it. It just perverted it. Now, God said, man, there he was to keep every word of God. Now, that's the first of the Bible. In the middle of the Bible, Jesus come, and he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Not just part of him, everyone. In the last of the Bible, Revelation 22, Jesus give the testimony of himself, the revelation of, his, uh, of the Bible is Jesus Christ. And he said, whosoever shall take one word out of here, or add one word to it, his part will be taken from the book of life. 
You go through that thinking man's filter, you'll have a holy man's taste when you come out of there. You'll have a saintly taste. Sister, you that wear those clothes, think of it. You're going to, you say, I'm virtuous to my husband. I'm virtuous to my boyfriend. I'm a virtuous girl. But what about that sinner that looked at you? When he answers for adultery, who did it? You'll be guilty. It's written in the Word. So it's, but see, oh, be a thinking woman. Be a thinking man. I say, Mike, well, what if it does happen to be that way? He said so, and one word can't fail. The great man told me not long ago, call me into his room. So I'm going to lay hands on you, Brother Bram. You're ruining your ministry. Preaching such things. I said, any ministry that the Word of God will ruin ought to be ruined. See? He said, I'll lay hands on you. He said, you're sent to pray for the sick. I said, do you believe those things, Brother? He said, no, but it's not our business. I said, whose business is it then? Well, he said, that's a pastor's business. I look at the congregation. That's right. See? Every year I pass through preaching these things, and I think surely they get it next year, come back to more than ever. Right? It goes to show that many are called, but few are chosen. The leadership is the Holy Spirit, friend. It leads you and guides you into all truth when He, the Holy Ghost, has come. Now, think of that. Take the thinking man's filter. That's the Bible, not your creed, not your church. You'll be lost. Take the thinking man's filter. That's where that boy didn't think. He took the church filter. He became popular, a great man. But in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. Now, you take the thinking man's filter, Jesus Christ, the Word, and you'll desire a holy person's taste because it'll satisfy that. If you've got the Holy Spirit in you, this satisfies it. If the Holy Spirit isn't there, you say, oh, well, I don't think that means any difference. Look what you've done, right? there. same thing Eve done right back in the same place. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy wonderful word and to know that at the midnight cry we'll be going home and while they're thinking the judgment is sustained and that oh, tomorrow will be like yesterday. We know, Father, that You've given us a different promise. You've told us what's to come. And Father, You've told us that heavens and earth will not pass away, but my word Heavens and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. We thank Thee, Father, to know that who is like unto Thee, O Lord, among the gods. And Father, to know that Thy word is sovereign, and Father, that it will always come to pass. So we pray, may it have preeminence in our lives. May we be found to line up with it. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.